You know something, folks? It's Wednesday, November 16th. We're coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Now, November, as you know, as I've said a number of times, is the letter X. Novi is X. But then December, which is fast approaching, is Z as in Z. And when I say Z, um, what do you think of, Dan? The letter Z. Or Z's dead. Z's dead. Whose bike is that? That's not a bike, baby. It's a chopper. Whose chopper is that? It's Ned. Who's Ned? Ned's dead. There you go. See that? Pulp Fiction. All right. Should we do this thing? Why are we down here? Why are we down here We just interviewed, by the way, we just had a great interview with Terry Duffy, the CEO of CME Group. That's going to drop on Friday on the On The Tape podcast. And I'm being serious for a second. That was a wonderful Wonderful conversation. Yeah. I think folks will glean a lot from that, especially given what's transpired over the last well, week he, or so. He told us a firsthand story about it when he was on the Hill with SBF. That's the Sam Bankman Free yeah, talking to regulators about. Uh, he called him out. This is a good one, guys. So check that out in your favorite what? In your favorite podcast store. I have mine. This uh, market calls brought to you by CME Group. Dan, where risk and fact meets opportunity. Yes. We're doing thirty minutes on the screws because we. We have a jam-packed day. What sticks out to you today? I'll tell you what sticks out to me. The underperformance of the NASDAQ, yep. S&P giving a little bit up. We traded above 4,000. I think we got as high as 40, 35, maybe a little bit higher than that. Uh, reversed a bit. VIX is still sort of below 25 last I looked. Dollar seemingly finding a base. Tens, twos, or twos, tens, depending on how you look at it. Blowing out to almost 60 basis points inverted, something we've talked about. Lot not to like, but you know what? The resilience to the market, something to like, I yeah, guess. No, actually, the most interesting thing to me, Guy, is really the fact that yields are making new lows mm-hmm. in the last month or so. So the 10 year is at 371 or so. We've been tracking that. You and I, you've been bullish on the TLT as a way to play for lower yields. I've been doing it through the GOVT market call. Viewers know that here. But the most interesting thing to me about yields coming in with the NASDAQ that you just mentioned, the underperformance, a lot of the stocks, these high valuation, no earnings sorts of names, I mean, they're doing really poorly today. And you would think that they would be benefiting at Mm -hmm. least from the sentiment of lower rates. So that is something really interesting. Amanda just threw up the chart of the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield. We've been drawing these lines. You see that uptrend. We're not even drawing the uptrend line anymore. It broke it. Now it really is about that three and a half level. And then I asked you, I think on Monday's market call, guy, we go through there. Are we going back to three? And what does that look like for stocks? What does it look like for risk assets in general, because that was something where when we got north of three, I think a lot of people who thought the Fed is going to have to keep their pedal on the metal as it relates to rate increases, they were going higher than what Fed funds was pricing at 5%. Well, let's get to three and a half first. And that's something we've talked about. I mean, again, the volatility in the bond market, something we spoke to Terry Duffy about in terms of obviously the products that CME trades. But I've mentioned it. People seem to be coming around to that way of thinking that the bond market volatility is somewhat unhealthy. So I think three and a half is going to happen. We've said it for a while. I was surprised at how high 10-year yields got. But with that said, things are starting to make a little more sense. What you said is correct, though. One would have thought that a move lower in yields where we're seeing would be beneficial for some of these, again, high valuation tech names. And at least today, that's not the case. We'll see. To answer your question, though, if we were to go below three and a half and then fall precipitously down to 3%, it's not going to be for good reasons. I can assure you it's not because things have already improved in the world. So I would submit 
again, the knee-jerk reaction to lower rates will be higher stock prices on the margins. But when people come to their senses and realize why it's happening, something that uh, Carter Worth has said, something that Danny Moses has talked about, I think they're going to come to a much different conclusion. Yeah, well, again, you know, when you say what would be the cause for rates to go much lower, you know, there's this headline today was that Business Insider um, mm-hmm. about billionaire investor Ray Dalio warns that U.S. and China are dangerously close to a war that would crush economic growth. Well, that would be the sort of thing, yeah. again, it would be a flight to quality to U.S. Treasuries. Now, there may be some funny stuff there. If we are literally at war with China, and who knows, even if it was an economic war, they may continue to sell our treasuries, mm-hmm. pushing yields up. But who knows what would happen um, in that scenario? I suspect that would be much closer to a World War III. Again, this is crazy that we're talking about this, that World War III scenarios here. But again, when you hear people talk about we have not had boots on the ground in a shooting war in Europe since World War II, yeah. it doesn't seem that unlikely that we could be in a what, a land war in Asia? I think that's how I think world, if, yeah. if it were to happen, it's going to be fought with balance sheets, not B-52s. Yeah. By the way, that was pretty good. So I just, I, yeah, I just thought it these fifty two. Well, what I said, it'll be short fought with yeah. balance sheets. In other words, it'll be a finance. It'll be a, it'll be do an economic. Still, not to war. make jokes about it, but I mean, do they still use B fifty two? Who's they? I mean, the military. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, but that was that was the bomber of choice. Yeah. Back are in the big one. Too close to w- each other. W- are we up in each other's grill a little bit here? Because I, I think move. did Jacob kind of jam us in here together? Well, we're together. We we're rarely together for the market call. I mean, this is one of a handful of times we've done. This, and we years. do not sit this close to each other on fast. No, money. because it's unhealthy. Yeah. Well, in this in today's world. So, no, but listen, getting back to Ray Dalio for a second, because I'll go to foolery with you all day I, long, I as know you, you know. Will. I know. I mean, you he's will. not making those comments off the cuff. I mean, he's clearly thought it through. And that's something we talked about this time last year. One of the biggest concerns I had, and I think you shared it, was geopolitical risk. Well, it came to fruition in terms of Russia, Ukraine, and I think it's coming to fruition in terms of China, Taiwan. And if you listen to Kyle Bass this morning on the Squawk Box, I believe Squawk that's the show. Friends. Yeah, the squawk box. He was talking about similar things. So I think more and more people are coming to that conclusion. And now the obvious pushback would be, why would China do something like that? They have more to lose than we do. And that's looking at through the lens of a United States citizen. I totally get it. When you think of it that way, it makes zero sense. But if you think of it through the lens of the Chinese who play games over the course of 50 years, not five minutes, it makes a lot of sense. So they're willing to lose battles, multiple battles in order to win wars. And to your earlier point about them dumping treasuries, yeah, it could happen. And again, the pushback will be, why would they do that? It will hurt them. Of course it will. But in the long run, it helps them. Well, here's a question from Twitter user mm. at G. Lewis Tan. He's saying time to buy oil again. So that would be, again. Gertie. Yeah, Gertie. Yeah. So yeah. First of all, you got to get a new Twitter. I mean, seriously, why, get why a new Twitter hand. You don't know if it's a he or it doesn't matter. Time to buy oil again. I'll say this quickly. <laughs> Dan Nathan tremendous call on the underlying commodity. And today it's not trading well at all. And again, in an economic slowdown globally, oil should go lower. And again, if the dollar, I would imagine, if it's just going to go sideways here, you know, the dollar takes you out of the equation in terms of what it's going to do to the commodity. Dollar seems to have found a short-term bottom. With all that said, 
The equities involved in energy have been on fire, and we've talked about it. OIH traded north of 315. That's up from 220-ish a month and a half ago. That's a pretty dramatic move. And we talk about the big cap names, ConocoPhillips, ExxonMobil, Chevron, all within a whisper of an all-time high. Now, you will correctly pull up an XLE chart, and you want to throw it up on – that is a classic double top. And the right thing to do would be to take money off the table. And that's the prudent thing to do. That's the disciplined thing to do. And yes, we'll back and fill here. But I would submit to answer Gertie's yeah. question. I still think energy's Can in play. Can I submit something? Yeah, well, that's just why I stopped talking. Because okay, so when I start, it's like a tennis yeah, match. Yeah. I hit the ball to you. Yeah. So, uh, can I tell you something real quick? Go ahead. Tennis, is, uh, you know, if you play, t- if you're good at tennis, yeah. It's a great sport to play with somebody who is also good at tennis. Right. But if you think you're going to go out, you know, you're Naples, Florida, let's go hit the tennis ball. If you suck, more importantly, if the person you plays with suck, it's a game where you hit the ball, yeah. the other person goes and chases the ball, they hit it to you and you do the same thing. That is not sport. That is bullshit. Now, I will tell you that other game, this pickleball game, yeah. which I encourage you all to play, that's a fun game because that's like friggin' ping pong on a tennis court. Awesome. I played it once and I'm telling you right now, this is not me being hyperbolic. I, in six months, I could be one of the top 10 players in the world. Just, you know, that was no, the that's most, true. That's the most Johnny come lately boomer take I've heard you have in so long. Oh, just suggesting people play pickleball. I'm not suggesting. Like, no, it, I know it, it, it is. It's become it, a thing. It, it, it's, it's become a thing. Sorry. Here. I'm a little I don't bit, know how we you know, I'll just say this tennis. I passed yeah, it. Yeah. So you. I'll just okay. say about this in the, in the XLE. So when it was trading about 93 um, last week, I put on this bearish trade. I was looking out to the, the December 30th weekly expiration, the end of the year. And I was looking at that 90 strike put and I bought a put spread here. I really feel like, guy, I had it right for about a day and a half. It crashed to about 88 from 93. When I say crash, I mean, that was a quick move last week, but then it went and made a new high. The fact that it failed now is going to maybe fill yeah. in that gap. This might be an epic double top here. So again, this is one that I wanted to use a fairly tight stop. I usually like to use a 50% premium stop, okay, of what I paid for. It was a uh, $15 wide. It was the 90-75 put spread. I paid about $3 for that. It's still just up a little bit. I still like that put spread, but we have until December 30th. Yeah, I'm looking at the chart. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And again, I I am being serious again for a second. I do get somewhat dogmatic about these things, and I try not to be, because if I were to just look at this chart and didn't know what it was. We play the game on fast money. I would say you absolutely have to be taking money off the table. But I, you know, if it gets back down to 75 and maybe fills in some of those gaps that we had on the way up, Again, I don't know what circumstances lead to that, but energy is not going away. I still think the energy story is intact. The supply-demand fundamentals are still out there, and these are better-run companies that they've been, and you know, even five or so years ago. Dan, all right, let's talk a little bit. Yesterday we started the market call. We we're talking about the the numbers of Walmart. What time did we do it yesterday? Like uh, early. We, we did thirty. Yeah. We've been all, listen, Walmart numbers weren't can, great. Can we by say the one way. thing for a second? Yeah, we, well, Thank you for being with us here, people. We appreciate it. We had a little travel. We have important sponsor. Yeah, I know. We're really throwing a lot of curbs. So it's like 9.30, 10, yeah. 2 o'clock today. But you're going to be back tomorrow at 1. With EY from SoFi yeah. and Butters. John Butters. See, this, this, uh, 
John Butters. All you have to say is people no, know. You don't actually, because FactSet is a great partner of ours. Of course they are. And, and, and again, I think they want us to say John Butters. So you he say it. the earnings insight blog that That's drops fine. every Friday. So you should subscribe to it. I've subscribed to his blog, that earnings in, for right. a very long time. Right. So now he's actually going to come on our show. We usually highlight his fine work on Thursday mm-hmm. afternoons. We get a little preview Do of it. Do you know who John are? Butters? Yeah, John Butters. Uh, do you know they do the Kennedy Center Honors each yes, year in December? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. I'm actually going this year. I mean, I'm dry. Really? Yeah, I am. We were invited. You're honored? No. Yeah. My wife, Lynn, and I are invited. And that is not an easy ticket to get to. Yeah. But one of the honorees is the U2. U2, the yeah. band. Well, and and the guy in that band is who? The Bono. Not the Bono. Bono. And then you got Cher. You got Sting. People like that. We have the what? Edge. You have the Edge. Yeah, but it's the before. It's not just Edge. Oh, it's you're like saying without the. Slash is one of those types of people. Right. My point is right. we have elevated Butters to that status. So if I called him John Butters. So John Butters is be on tomorrow. So yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But when you say Butters and everybody knows like a Pavlovian thing. Yeah. I mean, you've ex- you've immediately elevated somebody to the upper echelon, the Parthenon of everything. So it's interesting, people. And here's just a little inside baseball here. We're down at this golf tournament. Yeah, see, so the guy has already hit the 19th hole, as no, you can tell. You can, not, you can no. obviously tell it's not true that he has obviously it's already hit. It's patently false. Oh, really? By the way, the Walmart, getting back to Walmart yesterday, everybody was champion. Numbers were fine. But remember, they beat on lowered guy, already lowered guidance. If you just look at those numbers in a vacuum again, they were not particularly great. And then you hear what Target says today. Yeah. That is the disaster du jour. And the hits keep on coming from Target. And I don't know if we can throw a Target chart real quick. But, you know, think about where that stock went. I mean, you talk about round trip in a very brief period of time. 150 up to 180 something, right? Yeah. And then right back down. So you're talking about a company that's gotten themselves. This is, to me... As much as it is an industry thing, the target problems in large part are target specific. Well, yeah, but you and I did say when we were talking about Walmart in particular, so the market liked the fact that they had a beaten raise and the stock buyback and some of the commentary they $20 had. $20 billion stock buyback yeah, no, I know. on a $400 billion company. Yeah, it just I mean, a it's a big number. It's numerator denominator thing. Now, if they were a $50 billion company, Correct. I'd say like, whoa. Yeah. But they probably wouldn't have the cash flow to do that. that. But but the one thing I would say is that when we were talking about the Walmart yesterday, we were also saying that, you know, again, like this might be just in time for like the death rattle. You know that they're going to be heavily discounting if they end up with any inventories, if supply chains continue to be disrupted. Right. Like that's this is not going to be an easy trade in 2023 for retail, in my opinion, especially when you see the fact that, okay, rates are going to maybe like the the pace in which they're going up is going to slow consumer credit. Okay. Let's just talk about that. Okay. We know that consumers are getting well, tapped what was out. That? What on was that? Hold on. I'm consumer sorry. credit with rates where consumer they are. Credit. Yeah. Ability, odd. The Who's been talking about consumer credit for months? You have. And then all of a sudden, magically, it's on top of mind for everybody. Came up with no, it? no, no, not you. Because oh. I've seen a lot of people pointing it out. Yeah. I mean, I think consumer credit in the aggregates up a trillion dollars year over year. Right. Credit card debt in this country is now north of 
$1 trillion. Correct. And the entire kettle of fish, I think, is approaching $5 trillion with a T. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. My number's correct? I guess here, here's the point. When we talk In about, a rising interest rate environment. Yeah. Well, that's the point, is that these were interest rates on credit cards and on mortgages. They're not coming down as fast as, let's say, the 10-year is going to come down. Once all of these lenders had the opportunity, once all these lenders had the opportunity um, to raise you know, those rates, um, they're going to stick it to yeah, them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And in terms of Target, you think about this environment. They wind up getting middle to a certain extent if you think about their product mix. Right, Walmart somewhat wins to this. You have, you have the higher-end consumer trading down. Walmart finds himself in that unhealthy middle that nobody wants to be in. You know, you have the one end, the high-end consumer, the luxury goods, the, low, the other end, the Walmarts, the Dollar Gens. Yeah. And Target's in the middle, closer to Walmart, obviously, but somewhere in the middle. And that's not a place you want to be in this environment. So you guys, listen, put it in the chat. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Who do you oh, think okay. would be a better middler, Guy or me? Now, he won't know what that means, guys, because he's mid- never is that seen like, is that Curb like, Your Enthusiasm. Oh, I thought that was yeah, something like from Fiddle on yeah, the Roof. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's see what the people say. Who, who would you rather see at a dinner party in the middle, okay, guy or myself. We will not be offended. Middle of what? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you about it later. No, tell, right. I'm curious. Oh, like, so the middle David, of the table? Yes, Larry David had oh, this thing it's easy. where That's they were me. saying, like, you need a good middler. You need somebody in the middle of a long table at a dinner party to kind of keep the thing going, to keep everybody involved, keep people entertained. You put the wrong pe- person in the middle, right. it's a dead dinner party. They should call that a middler. That's what they do. I've All never right. seen that show. It's, it's funny. Not, and you think I'm lying to you. I'm not. No, I've never seen the other one either, the Seinfeld. I've seen bits and drabs of it yeah and memes, i'm from you've seen the internet memes like it's a heavily named show is it yeah I, but i don't i've never seen it from beginning to end also now what's funny is and nobody i know nobody cares, nobody but, cares. I don't, but i will say this yeah i will watch mash you know it's on like me tv yeah. where i live yeah. and there they have two episodes of mash each night i think it's seven and seven thirty seven thirty to eight mm-hmm. and i'm I'm locked Are in. You fall, you're falling asleep with your, your your TV dinner in front of you. You're just nodding off to mash. And like, like a little yeah, bit. I have a name tag. Are you like Hyman Rock? Do you have somebody. a little table in front of you like that you sit at the Smaller at the piece. Yeah. I want the first person on Twitter. Smaller piece. What's that from? You should know. I know because I asked the it. The Deuce. It's from the That's Deuce. That's from the Deuce. That's when they're in Cuba. It's, yes. it's Hyman's birthday party yes. and they give him a piece. Smaller piece. Yeah. All right. And then he takes Michael aside. I, Michael, I wanted to talk. Any please. All right. Sorry. So here's the thing. NVIDIA, we got to talk You're bigger about. than U.S. deal. We're bigger than U.S. Still, here's the problem that we have with us sitting right here. And you guys tell us that pretty soon we are going to have a studio and we're going to be live in a studio. Is this going to be a problem for us? We're going to be able to get me. to market call? Uh, we're getting through it now. Okay. I think we're providing good We're providing yeah. good information. Well, we'll see. Well, AD, I don't know what AD will be the judge do of that. Do we have people in the chat room? Let no, them be the maybe. judge. All right, let's do this, guys. Let's look NVIDIA. at All right, so this stock is going to report today um, after, after the, the close. The implied move in the options market is you know nearly 8% in either direction. Guy, you just mentioned this stock traded on October 13th as intraday low, I think about 108 or so, traded as high as maybe 165 um, just yesterday. Here we are, 161 and a half. Again, an implied move of maybe like 12, 13 bucks or so after this rip. I mean, what what can they do or say um, to get the stock? They can, they can, here's, here's what they can say, yeah. you know. Facebook, obviously, buying. I think one of the reasons we saw that latest run in NVIDIA was on the back of the Facebook earnings call. They somehow emphasize that or elaborate more on that relationship, the Microsoft relationship to a certain extent as well. And they can point out the importance of their chips. And, you know, maybe the market could surmise. That's why they're entitled to trade at a 13 times revenue, wherever it is right now. 
I would submit, and again, the move we've seen, more than a 50% move in a month on not an insignificant company is, is just you know a little out of control. And I don't think the environment necessarily favors them. And we've seen some guide down some other companies. Yeah. I think the Taiwan semi-news out of Warren Buffett is probably helping the space in aggregate. But I, for the life of me, I can't believe they could say something that would be so constructive to con- have a continuation of the move we've already seen. So if we were playing playing the game would you rather no the other one the traded or faded game yeah. you know i hate those games i absolutely hate them and there was you know we used to do like, like the them. dating game with stocks and stuff like that, that one i didn't really I understand didn't like that All right, faded. Well, but here there's <laughs> the one thing i just say i i agree with that um i think the likelihood after the stock has rallied like this their ability to kind of beat and raise i don't think they're going to give full year fiscal 2024 guidance but if i'm looking at expected eps growth of north of 20 percent yeah. and sales growth of 13 percent again to your point trading at 13 times sales about 37 times earnings, it doesn't make any sense in the context of their peers and in the context of the market. So if they guide down more than just for this coming quarter here, um, I, I would suspect the stock's headed It's had down. a great run. I yeah. mean, it's a great company. It's a very important You want to stop, but here's the thing, Guy. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk a little options. Okay. Oh, I so like let's, this. Right, so, so here's the deal. Hold on. So if, you're going to do an so option the, strategy. Well, maybe. Let's just, let's, just, let's just think about this, okay? So if the stock's at 161, let's just say if you looked at the weekly, they expire November 18th. Mm-hmm. That's this Friday afternoon. Well, the 160 the puts, okay, with the stock right here at 161 and a half or so are offered about six bucks. Let's mm-hmm. say you paid six dollars for that. Where do you break even down at? Well, if you paid six dollars and it's one sixty one, yeah. one sixty strike, that means yeah. you break even at one fifty four. There you go. Look at you doing a little options math there, and it's not even the hard stuff. There's Although no, I will tell no you, can I tell you something? You Hold on, for, I want to yeah. just, yeah. I want folks yeah. to know something. Yeah. Yes, the math suggests you break even at one fifty four, but what's not taking into consideration is the bump you're going to get in volatility. So the math is right at one fifty four, but I would submit. You might catch a bounce in vol, which doesn't necessarily mean 154 is your break. Yeah, I mean, that's just, some heady shit right there. No, by I know. The way. It just depends. Like, it's true. You know, so listen, anyway, you're breaking 154. Even, but that's the point. Your break even is down about 4%. And if you think about it, that's half the implied move. But here's the thing if that stock is a penny above 160 on Friday's close, you lose mm-hmm. that $6 in premium. And it's a tough way to make money. Um, but I would say that if you are uh, have any conviction that you think they're going to miss and guide lower, the stock's going. Well below 150, in my opinion. So one day, this this trades over in 24 hours. You're not getting a Friday on this one. I mean, this the die will be cast within the first half hour of after earnings. Now you can speak intelligently. I can't. If options are still trading in the aftermarket, but you're going to be out of this trade by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. One way or the other. Yeah, the only thing I'd say is for people who trade options, you know, in and around um, events, you know, let's just say you bought those 160 puts and let's say the stock was trading at 140, okay, down $20. You could look at the delta on those puts, okay, how much that option would move um, on a dollar move, okay, in the direction in which you wanted to go. And you could buy stock equivalent to the delta of that option yeah. in the aftermarket. Then and that's how you would delta hedge that position. You're trading, you're yeah. trading the whip. Yeah. We used to uh, say, "There you go." All right. I mean, well, there's a little inside baseball for you. But then you got to be prepared, you know. Now, because when you own an option, Dan, yeah. as you know, it gives you the right, not the obligation, and you can trade around 
You can trade around your option strategy. One, one can do that, guy. Um, what else we want to talk about? Let's talk a little bit about Man, kind of amazing. some of these. Um, like again, we were talking about how rates are lower. Look at this way some of these like 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 uh, SaaS names and stuff are just kind of well. get they're getting hit really hard today. And again, why do we find these names interesting? Because they're still expensive. Guy just mentioned, you know, in Nvidia, which is a great company, great products, great management. You know, they got exposure and all the right, you know, kind of advanced technologies, if if you will. And that was an interesting point about. When Facebook was down 25% about a week and a half ago, you know, NVIDIA was like trading up because people were looking at the R&D and the spend that they're going to do on GPUs. But when you think about some of these SaaS names, you think of the valuations they trade, you think about the fact that we're just starting to see some major layoffs. Meta had big ones. Amazon had big ones. We have hiring freezes. You know, a lot of these software services names that sell licenses to seats, they're going to see less Demand. Demand. Without qu- no yeah. question, it's 100%. Yeah. It's got, I mean, you think you that's think what's going on well, right now, the guy? companies that are talking about cutting CapEx, I think, uh, yeah. and again, I don't want to talk out of turn here. I think I saw Micron, I think, might have been talking about cutting CapEx. So you think that's, it's not just specific to certain yeah. companies. I mean, that's going to happen over. Who loses to that? Names like that. We have a question from an audience member. I'm going to read it. Go ahead. Jignesh asks, guys, that's not me, guy. It's us. Yeah. Any thought, pull up Lululemon on the fact set machine. Any thought on Lululemon on the back of Target earnings. You know, I don't know if you can make that. I guess you can make any comparison you want. Carter does it all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean they live in the same world. But let's take a look at Lululemon because this is obviously was everybody's darling, but it's a stock that's traded sort of sideways now ish since the spring. And, you know, I don't think you can make a great case on valuation. I don't think they're going to be impervious to the spending habits of, of the consumer. It's a great company. The question is, is it too rich in this environment? I think it's expensive in this environment. Yeah, it's interesting. The stock is outperformed, though. If you think mm-hmm. about a consumer discretionary high-end name like this, it's down only 9% of the year. To your point about valuation, you know, expectations for kind of mid-teens earnings uh, growth next year, mid-teens sales growth, trading about 31 times. Right. I guess the point is, is like how many stocks in this sort of environment deserve to kind of trade like that? Well, one of them, okay, is maybe a Nike, which is trading about 35 times this year's expected earnings with mid single digits, you know, sales um, and earnings growth expected. And that's the current fiscal year that it's in that always trades at a premium. But again, that stock got absolutely shellacked after they reported. So again, you know, I kind of wonder in markets like this where we've had a big bounce, um, you know, maybe we'll throw up that S&P chart here. We've been talking about the rally that we've had off the low. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to look at the S&P chart. It's about about 13, 14% off the lows, guy. That's kind of been the average move that we've seen on some of these rallies. And then we've kind of faded at that downtrend. And you think about where that descending Mm 200-day moving average is, you know, the S&P looks like it's almost there. And, you know, could we kind of overshoot to the upside a little bit and get through that downtrend that's been in place since the first week of January? Yeah. But, I, I, you know, like, what is it going to take? Is it would take a major Fed pivot? And I don't know about you. I just don't see that happening in a meaningful There's way. There's no reason for them. Yeah. You know, the, the market is giving them cover not to do that. They don't need to speak dovishly yeah. because they've got some air cover from a market that's bounced to your point. 14%. And you're going to say, guy, I didn't think if the Fed, the market was in their purview. No, in terms of the put, it's not. But in terms of the bounce, what it allows them to do, it gives them flexibility. So they can continue to be hawkish here, understanding that the market yeah. is giving them some latitude, right? Some air cover. So yeah. that's how I would look at this. But I think we're exhausting ourselves here. And again, that move, we thought it to 4,000, we got there. We thought the overshoot would be 4,100. We didn't get there. We got close. How high did we get? 40, 35 or thereabouts? Yeah. 
And here we are now, again, of the next couple of days. And what's the catalyst to go higher? We threw CPI, we're through PPI, we're okay. basically through earnings season. People will say seasonality, maybe Russia, Ukraine sort of tamps down, who knows. Um, but I think right now, given the bounce that we've had, and this is something we've talked about, I think the path of least resistance now is back down. All right, let's talk about this because again, we were talking about how we were just surprised that you know stocks gold. aren't reacting. I better. knew you were going to do no, gold. but no, but listen, you had a really nice no, call. You said it had a double bottom here early this month. It's really ten percent. It's gotten above that downtrend that's been in place since March when it was above. I don't know, it was above like what twenty seventy or so. Got all the way down to sixteen twenty or something. You said it better hold here because if you back that chart out, the gold chart, you know, you go five years and. And you say to yourself, man, that was the spot. It had to hold that, you know, 1600 yeah, or so level. It. And it did it. But it right did. now, guy, 1800 is that resistance. Think about this, though. Again, we play this game and we're probably coming up to the bottom of the hour. But I'll say this. If you had two weeks ago told me that the crypto world is going to have a, you know, a basically huge moment in time where things are starting to explode, right? What's going to happen to gold? On top of which, the U.S. dollar, which has been a headwind, will become at least a bit of a tailwind in the fact of the dollar going lower and rates coming in. Where's gold going to be? I'd be like, it's got. it would have had a rally 300 if not $500 off that $1,600 low. Well, what did we get? We got about 150 bucks or so. So yeah. to me, it's disappointing. I mean, yes, it's absolutely bounced, but with crypto, with the crypto world blowing up, seemingly yeah. gold should be doing a lot right, better. Let's, Again, look, let's, my look, let's look at the one year chart for a second here. And, and I would just want to say like, so this is me. And I actually think that you want to fade gold here. I there say it doesn't going to get to 1800 or so. And if I want to play it through the futures, okay, I want to sell futures. I place that stop to the upside. Probably 18 right, and a quarter. Right above it, right? Yeah. 1800, you know, 1825 is that what yeah. you're saying? 1825. Give yourself that, a little wiggle and room. And that was all also, that was, you know, 1802 was that intraday high. In July, in I think, or yeah, August. August. It was August. It was breakdown was early July. So this 1800 level is going to be a big level. Now, to the let me ask you this, though. All right. You said you're disappointed by the yeah. size of the move. A back and fill, would you look to reload if this thing got 50, to 1700? 50, that's a 50% move, right? Yeah. I mean, 1600, 1800, 50% of 1700. The problem is... Why are we going down to seventeen hundred? What's going to be on the back of the back and fill? And it's it's going to stop there this time. Yeah. So you're right. If you're bearish here, that's the way to play it. You play with a very well defined stop in futures, eighteen and a quarter. Yeah. I'll say this: if you're bullish here, you know what? You wait for a breakout above yeah. said level. Yeah. I'm not always. I'm not great at that. I, 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 and say you were. I, I, like I just said that's the way you can do it. Yeah, you I, can buy the breakout. You, you can, can stop into a stop losses. Don't always so have to be stop buy losses. High, you, sell higher. You could stop into a position as well. That's not what I said. All right. One last thing. Before, I did not say that. All right. One last thing before we get out because of here. Because that's about the dumbest thing I've ever one heard. One last thing before we get out of here. The U.S. dollar index. That's the Dixie. Holding okay. in there. All right. So, so had a, you, got, you had a tremendous no, call. No, no, no. no, It got to about 106. Yeah. Okay. And it was trading just below 115 in late September here. And you look at that breakout level going back to it was uh, 105 or so mm -hmm. was resistance in May. It got through there in early 
early July. It kept going on that uptrend. So here we are. We've basically taken out that whole move. This doesn't seem like a great press. We said it on Monday. Mm-hmm. But do you think what are what are not not would you do it? What are the circumstances in which the dollar would kind of find support right here and then rally back towards one? Hawkish Fed talk. You yeah. get Jerome Powell come out and said, you know, yeah. we've seen all the data and CPI came in yeah. softer than expected. We're bolstered by PPI, which came in softer than expected. With all that said, the data set does not suggest that we're out of the woods yet. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. so effectively hawkish Fed talk out of Jerome Powell or any of his minions, yeah. I think, which you're starting to see, by the way. I think given the sell-off we've had, that's the catalyst to take it up again. All right, fair enough. Good All answer. Right. Well, here's the, the deal. Um, again, We I, didn't rehearse that. No, I, we did not. I have no position anymore in the dollar. I took that UUP position off. The GOVT playing for it, lower yields. Um, I, to say I, I still have there. that on, and I'd love to see a 3.5% uh, tenure at that point. I'd probably take half my position off, just telling you that. The S&P 500, I'm dying for it to get to your 4,100. You saw it. It would get to 4,000. Maybe it overshoots to 4,100. I'd love to see it get to Towards that 200-day moving average and that declining, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get back all up in there, as the yeah, kids say. The, the kids say that. And, and listen, Everybody's that's how we're setting it up. Tomorrow, I won't be here. I'm taking the day off, going? people. I'm just going somewhere. It's a tomorrow, friend. 1 p.m. Eastern yeah. time. Back at 1 p.m. G Yeah, yeah, back. At, yeah, that's what I said. Haven't been doing. EY it. from SoFi, G Swizz, and John Butters from Factset will be joining us oh, as wait, well. You mean just Butters? Butters. What I he writes the earnings say. insight blog that drops on the facts. I like the earnings insight blog. Every Friday can I morning. Something? We get I, can I, let me just tell you something. Yeah. Butters, he's, he lives in this country, right? Yeah. So chances are next Thursday, he's going to be celebrating. We can't life. dox him at Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. So he'll probably have people over or he'll go someplace. I guarantee this. Yeah. I can say this with almost absolute certainty that somebody at that Thanksgiving table will say, holy shit, we love that you're just called Butters. We think it's the coolest thing. Am I wrong? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, no, right. I'm not. All right, here's, I'm not freaking wrong. Here's the thing. Because we've elevated him to that status and be like, oh, my God, Butters. His kids are going to start calling him Butters. I don't even know if he has kids. Jacob is laughing because he, he, like he has to laugh. No, I he, he feels like he no, he doesn't. Shit. If, if he didn't think it was funny, he wouldn't laugh. All right, so what do he, they call that, by the way? By the way, we, we had a conference call with the TRB earlier. Yeah. You know, when you say the TRB, right, you don't need all, to say the that, because the T and TRB is the. Josh Brown. And I made him lol. You made him laugh out loud. And yeah. his hair is absurd. Like this good? No, absurd. I mean, it's just absurd. Oh. But right. I love the guy. All right, really quickly, before we get out of here again, we are down at CME's, uh, the, their tour championship. There we are, um, second year in a row. Uh, LPGA tournament that they sponsor. Our friend Danny Moses is in the program. He might, be on the, he might be getting off the course right now. Yeah, and he is defending his title from last year. But we had an amazing, amazing interview with Terry Duffy. He's the CEO of CME Group, and that will drop Friday morning. So mm-hmm. check it out. A lot of really great on. stuff on the crypto thing. Check it out. In your favorite podcast store. In your favorite right, podcast store. we get out of here? I, I, I tell you something. Dude, I feel the really, absurdity of that is... Well, I feel really... The, the fact that we were shoulder you, to but shoulder... But then you explained it to me. You said there's like a... plat Or like a... You gave me the reasons why some... plat Some... Well, some... Some, some podcast, podcast stores suck. Are, Right. And you don't want like it. Like the one you told me that it was. I don't know if it's any good or not. I'm just saying like, like I don't want it on Stitcher. Right. I'm not saying to go to because, Stitcher. Because it's Stitcher. a bad upload situation. Listen, I will tell you this. 80% of our downloads come from Apple Podcasts. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying the rest are about Spotify. Some is the Google Play Store. Sure. Um, you know, Amazon. What nothing. about, is a YouTube a podcast store? No. No. It's a, it's a YouTube. It's YouTube. I don't have a favorite right, podcast. So we, we I really, I really don't have a favorite podcast. Up. So you can get back to the 19th hole. 
I haven't been there yet. Okay. That's it. Market call. G Swizz, Dan Nathan, as mentioned earlier, tomorrow, one o'clock Eastern time, back to normal. EY from SoFi, John Butters from FactSet. It's going to be great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you to our presenting sponsor for this show, CME Group. Dan, where risk meets opportunity. Damn straight. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.